0: Hey, if you've ever had that icky feeling where you think maybe you're on the wrong track with your business, and in fact, maybe it's just not going to work out the way you've got it set up, not for the long term, I want you to listen to because it's totally okay to pivot. You're going to find out how you'll know when it's time to pivot and really be inspired that there is completely life and success to be found after the pivot. It's such a great story. I've got an amazing guest. I'm going to hop in now and you're going to learn all about it. And maybe you will walk away from this episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. So I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the roadmap to 50k on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey gang, welcome back. Listen, you're going to love this story uh, that we're sharing today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Shannon Cates. She is an Inner Circle member and here's her claim to fame. It's, It's really quite interesting and you can probably all relate to this. You know, she had a business and she wasn't really feeling it, it just really wasn't working for her. And she felt like she was stuck and, you know, not moving forward. And she made the very brave decision to completely pivot to wind down that business and start a new business. And and I want you to hear her story, because I think there are lots of people that will need to hear this today. Because they might feel exactly like she was feeling when she decided to wind down her business. But I want you to hear what happened next. Because so many times when we're struggling with our businesses, we think it's us. We think we don't know what we're doing. We're doing it all wrong. You know, there are a million reasons why we aren't getting the results that we want. But sometimes it's just not the right thing. And so I want you to hear this because I know it's going to lift you up. So after all that, Shannon, (laughs) I would love it if you would say, Hello to everyone here, all the listeners, and I would love it if you would just uh, tell everybody about your new business. Tell us about the name of your new business and what it is you sell, because it's totally fascinating.
1: Thank you, Susan. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And my new business is called Bird Moss, And my main product is a monthly subscription box, which some of my subscribers say is like getting a daydream in the mail. And it's a box which engages all the senses to create an immersive, magical experience. So it has some poetry, some narrative, some beautiful objects, sometimes jewelry. Uh, It's part intention setting and some meditative activity, but it's really designed to take the recipient into a magical world. Wow.
0: So that is super neat niche right super it's a very specific person that you're sending it to and so you are sending them a monthly box that is a daydream in a box literally yes, so yes. cool. so cool so guys when you're thinking that uh, there's anything too weird oh that'll never work online <laughs> I will never be able to sell that online. I want you to go check birdmoss.com because it is like in a million years, I bet five years ago, Shannon, you would never have dreamed that you could do something like this successfully.
1: That's absolutely the truth. And
0: So amazing. Okay. So let's dial her back because uh, you're going to share at the end. We'll share just how crazy successful you've been, but let's dial it back and let's talk about the pivot. And so uh, pivot in my mind is you just do a 180 and start walking the other way. And that happened with you in your business. Now, how long ago, as we record this, it's mid-July. But how long ago did you actually uh, make that pivot?
1: Right. So... I had some concerns about my previous business for months beforehand. It always felt like I was on the brink of perhaps things coming together. There were just enough sales and just enough enthusiastic customers to make me think that maybe things would turn around. But it was in February that I really gave myself permission to get real with it and look at the results I was actually getting. And based on the numbers and also how I felt about it, um, I didn't want to keep doing it anymore.
0: Wow. So tell everybody, let's talk about what that business was and how long you, like you were getting some results, but not enough to like make you do any backflips or anything. (laughs) uh, So how long did you have it and tell everybody what you were selling? Because I think they're going to probably if they're sitting down, fall off their chairs when they realize what you were selling and what you've transitioned to.
1: Yeah. So, um, my previous business was an online consignment business, specializing kind of in housewares and toys and everything uh, that a person needed to remake their home in kind of the COVID environment. So, you know, as everyone had to turn their living rooms into uh, school rooms and offices and so forth, trying to connect people so that consigners could their gently used goods and the people who needed them could buy. Them. Them. One of the catches, however, was that it was completely local. That was part of the, the business identity. And I worked on it for over a year and a half. It started as something else before COVID. And then in that COVID moment, I kind of panicked and, and hustled to turn it into something that might be workable in the new rules of engagement. But yes, went from a consignment shop selling clothing and Housewares and dishes and things like that over to Bird Moss, a daydream in a box.
0: Crazy. Yeah, crazy difference. So you had it for about 18 months. It was a consignment shop. So there was probably a lot of talking to people, right? A lot of talking to your consigners, a lot of talking to people who, like, it was a lot of one off products for you to list. And
1: it was an incredible amount of work to yeah. sustain a consignment model online. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things, you know, in retrospect, that I was really setting myself up for a difficult time. Yeah. But, you know, just the time it took to list all of those individual products, and then the hope would be that, of course, that they'd sell, but then that listing would be over and done with. And, you know, there are times when I had 2000 products in play. And uh-huh. can you imagine just trying to sustain yeah. all of those listings accurately and making sure that the photos look good. So that someone actually wanted to buy it. But to put so much work into something and you know really see kind of minimal return. Yeah,
0: yeah, you were almost trying to be eBay.
1: <laughs> Except I was the middleman. They weren't even like putting their own eBay listings up. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was picking everything up from their porch, you know, in a touchless environment, and bring it back and taking the photos. And there was a lot of discussion, a lot of discussion with the consigners, a lot of discussion with the customers, and sometimes that was really validating and important because I realized I was providing something that meant a lot to them in those shutdown days. But I think that's also one of the things that made it hard to kind of walk away. I was getting positive feedback from people. And so to make the decision to stop doing that was hard when you got these little scraps.
0: Yeah. And I suppose you got some sales too.
1: I did, I did, and I got more sales after I joined the inner circle. But I just realized that what it would take to scale up to a living wage for myself was going to be not possible. Well, frankly, impossible. Yeah,
0: because yeah. so I was just thinking about even shipping all that stuff. Like yeah. you would have a standard shipping box, woo, or did you? Well,
1: get this, Susan, I didn't ship it. I drove it to their house and left it on their porch. You see, I was in this weird space where I was in yeah. between being a local bricks and mortar yeah. that wouldn't have worked because of COVID and being an online business. So I couldn't use Yelp for local to create a local audience the way most shops would. But I also couldn't use say lookalike audiences on Facebook because right. I wasn't national. Yeah. so Really kind of caught in between models.
0: So really in the space of a year, you like realized all the things that weren't scalable about
1: your business. Did I ever? And yeah. I have to say it was, it was hard to really take all of that on in part, because I had a very successful 26 year career in product development and international operations. I oversaw educational and educational program in 20 different countries. So I felt like I had some business savvy coming into wow. this, but I so tell how you, how is this happening to you? I mean, you know, it's not rocket science, um, but it is an entirely different ballgame. Right. And so I think for you know many people who pivot from one career and then come into the e-commerce world, you know, that moment of realization—the uh, realization that I didn't know what was going
0: on—was
1: ah. a big one. The
0: blow to the ego.
1: And it It felt a little embarrassing.
0: Right? Hey, welcome to my world. I I own ZocDoggo. Have you heard about it? (laughs) (laughs) It is because really uh, we all think it should be easy. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you did have full time to devote to this business, but but you don't know what you don't know when you start mm-hmm. these things out. And so so to hear you say that, you know, you quickly realized within a year that you could not scale this thing, that you'd be driving around still 10 years from now making the same no money. So so that got you to the place where you, you were like, okay, like I just got to rip this Band-Aid off and 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 stop that. So the really the big rocks were I'm never going to make any money on this. When you thought about pivoting, that was that's what it was. But what's what really is I admire so much about what you did is that yes, you said okay, this is a bad concept. I'm not going to do this anymore. But then you turned around and and went from a non-scalable model, and you obviously went to the other end of the spectrum, an incredibly scalable model. And you just started again.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: me back to the time when you decided to do that. What was going on? Because a lot of people would just be like, yeah, I'm getting a job. See ya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that occurred to me. You know, just the, you know, the, the peace of mind that would come from just, you know, heading out at nine o'clock in the morning and going and sitting yeah. at the desk and doing what someone told me and then going yeah. home at the end. You know, the clarity of that, there were moments when that was um, pretty attractive. But, you know, I also... Still wanting to be able to work from home for my daughters. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I joined the inner circle in January of this year, and it was one of a couple of, you know, sort of Hail Mary moments to try to turn that consignment business around. And what I saw inside the inner circle, so much knowledge, um, so many tools, so many strategies, but I had kind of painted myself into a corner where I couldn't use a lot of those. And I was so jealous of what other people, the results that they were getting and the way that they were able to apply things things. I never even knew that I would ever be jealous of, you know, those lookalike audiences, for example, (laughs) like, Oh, I wish I could have one of those (laughs) Um, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that in part it was, seeing the possibilities and seeing that it wasn't just that all e-commerce was a train wreck. It was the particular business model I was working with was really getting in the way of any strategies that potentially save it. You know, it just wasn't compatible, but it was being in that environment in January, learning all of these things, I think gave me the space and finally brought me to the moment where I could make that realization in February.
0: And so it gave you the confidence that, that you, you could,
1: yeah maybe it was something different yeah. it was so funny because you know as i was driving around picking all this stuff up and dropping all this stuff off i would listen to your podcast i would listen to some of the training in the inner circle as i was driving around and i'd almost like talk back to it in the car and sarah williams came on and i'm like oh yeah sarah you're absolutely right next time i'll think about recurring revenue from the very beginning yeah or you would be advising someone about limiting their product lines or something like that and i'm like so true bestie next time I'm not going to be the sucker with 2000 products. Not, not this girl. I've learned my (laughs) lesson. Um, And just realizing that I still had some fight in me. There were still things I wanted to try and I wanted to see if I could do it with a different model.
0: Oh, so good. Do you remember like the moment where you were just like, okay, this is the last straw. That's it. Like Mm. I am not doing this one more day. Do you remember that moment?
1: (sighs) You know, It's almost painful to talk about it, but I reached the point where I could, there was no way I could continue to list all of these products myself. And in some ways the business was growing and that people really wanted me to take their stuff and sell it. I I actually had to hire some people to try to keep up with that. And so I was giving other people money while I was still scrambling. And, um, you know, I, I was just watching it all sort of pour out the door and it's like, you know, I've got to get out of this bad relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause you're, yeah. So it was just when you really took on other people and they weren't going to work for free as you continued to. Exactly. Yeah. So hard to know. Okay. So once you made the big decision to do that, what did you do next? Like, okay, so I'm standing here in February. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this anymore. And we talked a little before we started recording, you really wound it up in a graceful way, which is just so admirable as well. But what, it, like, what are the steps that you took? Because, <laughs> oh.
1: Well, you know, winding things down is never pleasant. That's never everyone's favorite part of the job. There's something that just... Even as I frame it for myself as a learning experience, there's something that feels a little like failure, doesn't feel good. Um, and I felt like I had so many people tangled up with me. The people I had just hired to do listings, you know, they were just there on a the contract basis, but still they were involved. And all of the customers that were so gracious and, and you know, really appreciated everything that I had been doing for them and the consigners. There were so many people that I felt like I was kind of letting down, that I wanted to let down as gently as possible. So I didn't announce the closure until right before I actually shut the doors, but I put a notice up on the website that I wasn't accepting any more consignment lots, and I just tried to, I did my best to sell everything we already had in stock, give everyone the best chance, while at the same time, in secret, I was working on the new project. And, and I knew from everything I had been listening to and kind of salivating over and so jealous of that I really needed an audience. You know, the, the first thing I needed out of the gate was somebody to talk to. I love and it. so just starting with some of the units in uh, the classroom in the inner circle, starting with launch uh, with waitlist, starting with the perfect giveaway, um, just trying to build that email list, knowing how important that was. And also feeling so empowered because this time I knew what to do differently.
0: So you, obviously, your consignment customers are not the bird moss customers. You literally started (laughs) from ground zero to find this audience. And, And I know I can see how you would go to subscription box because you've gone from like a huge pile of stuff to something that's really vertically scalable. So I can see the appeal of that. And you must've had some interest in the products that you are, that you put in the box. You must've had, like, that must be a bit of a passion for you. Is that how you decided to create the box?
1: Well, through a lot of soul searching and journaling about this and trying to come to terms with it all. I think that what I realized is that I really love the opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity to create something that's, immersive and intentional. And so when I was working in education, you know, I was helping to build programs where, you know, I would I would choose the sorts of housing that students would live in and, you know, how they would eat their meals and how they would interact with the locals and what they would, you know, what sort of classes would be on offer. And, and I love that. And I've always loved like putting together a good scavenger hunt. And so just trying to do something that I felt was so much fun Because if I'm going to start over, it needs to feel fun and I need to kind of get the bad taste out of my mouth. You know, how, what a privileged position to be able to send people this kind of magical experience, this daydream every month, and for them to feel like they've really entered a beautiful story. Yeah, it's so,
0: so good. So I think that I think people are going to want to know, how did you go about building that audience? Because here's, here's what we know, you and I know this now, but the person starting out doesn't know it. Most people like get all the stuff, right? They gather up whatever their product Mm -hmm. is, it's been forever, you know, deciding what's going to be in their box or in their store, and they build this site and la 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 la. They open it to crickets. Been there. Audience. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't do that.
1: No, not this time.
0: uh, What steps did you take to build that audience? Like what was, what worked for you to build that audience for all those people that are behind the eight ball that Mm -hmm. have their, all the stuff. And now they're trying to find the audience. Tell us what worked for you to
1: build it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that the good news is you can do this. This is something that Ah. you can take steps to create. It's not that your people aren't out there. Even if you have a really specific product and you're looking for a very specific niche, there it's those people exist and social media is probably the best way to find them because you know we're all out there one way or another and one thing that I learned from you and from the inner circle Susan was just the value of an email list something that I could control that I could access free of charge once I once I established it and so my goal every day wasn't to grow my social media following but to get people on that list now the way that I did that I started with paid ads. I started with paid traffic and I used some of the techniques that we learned in the inner circle to try to figure out what exactly would resonate with the specific customer I was looking for and how could I do it as cheaply as possible. Yeah. yeah. So did you start so
0: landing page first and just drive that yeah, to a landing well,
1: page? if by landing page, you mean a website with one page. <laughs> That's that's exactly what it was. I just didn't build out the Shopify side. I didn't build out the products because there was no product at the time. I just needed a place for people to land and give me their email and I had to give them a reason to give me the email. Yeah. So part of it was the mystery because if I found the right person, they would be intrigued. They would want to know what was that would be
0: their currency. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then once I felt like I could talk about enough to actually have a box, then I um Put together a giveaway, and of course, everyone wanted to see what was going to be in that first box. So they all, you know, signed up.
0: So good, and so your period of audience building while well, you're actually trying to get rid of all your other stuff.
1: Right, while you am driving around.
0: <laughs> yeah, <just> driving around, <laughs> you're trying to get rid of your other stuff. Your period of audience building, you're getting rid of your other stuff, but you're also figuring out exactly what's going to be the offer. Mm-hmm. How long was that? How long did that?
1: You know, it was a short period. And at the time it felt both really short, like, how am I going to get all of this done? But also really long because I was so hungry for any type of results or any type of success. I just really wanted some sort of positive indicator, you know, and the three or four weeks I spent waiting for the first results to roll in were kind of excruciating. But, you know, I put my, I started thinking about bird moss in February, started up the landing page and everything in early March and had my first sale around March 22nd. So it was really fast. I mean, but it's, I mean, the thing, the most valuable thing and the thing that I really had to put my attention into was that audience building, because otherwise it could be a simple website. You know, that isn't what the bells and whistles weren't going to be, what brought people to me. It was having, knowing that I understood them, and that I could relate to this yearning they had for something magical in their life.
0: Yeah, the 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 what, the blah, blah. <laughs> the website is the almost like as long as it's set up to convert. Right, pictures are good. It's the least important thing. The audience yeah. is yeah. so much more important. That's so darn good. So you invested in some paid traffic. Mm-hmm. You obviously set up social media accounts, and then you decided. Like you obviously are your target customer probably because you knew how they felt and what they were looking for. Is that right? Or am I making that up
1: to a certain extent? But I think that my ideal customer is a little bit more of a dreamer than I am because ultimately I am kind of business driven. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I am interested in the money part. Yeah. <laughs> I am interested in, you know, providing for my children and, you know, to be honest, I would probably be super intrigued by the bird moss box, but I probably wouldn't subscribe for myself. It's probably the kind of thing that my adult daughter would buy for me and I would absolutely love.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. So it would be a total indulgence for you that you didn't.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And for some people who subscribe, I think it is the one indulgence that they give themselves. Ah. And so it becomes kind of important that, you know, it speaks to them every month and it's the quality they expect.
0: But you knew what you knew their language, Mm -hmm. language, and what they were thinking and feeling, and so and I think that's what attracts people. So you tell me how when you were ready to launch and you had your first Mm -hmm. sale at the end of March, how many people were on this list?
1: I think I and some long timers in the the inner circle, and some more established people will. You know, probably laugh at this, but to me it felt so huge. I think I had about 900 people on my email list, and they weren't all super engaged. You know, you know, maybe 600 of them were actually, you know, reading things. But after working in such a small market, it felt like I had the world at my fingertips. It felt amazing. Yeah, someone to talk to.
0: Yeah, and I want I want everyone who's listening to take away from this. So what Shannon did, guys, is instead of like running out and doing the fun stuff like oh what's going to be in the box or what am I going to sell or how pretty can I make my website instead of doing that she literally woke up every morning trying to figure out how to get more people on that list and and that's what paid off for you is that that having access to that contact and that was success for you at that time. Not a beautiful website, not another follower on Instagram. It was getting those actual contacts. And so it's okay to focus on just that one thing. And in fact, it'll put you ahead of the game. So when you launched, let's just talk about that. So you put things together pretty quickly. And what are the things that you said? Actually, there are two things that I want people to know that you said before we started recording. One was how helpful this was for you emotionally as you were winding down.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: At least it's yes. a good thing to to look forward to, right?
1: Because as we mentioned, you know, winding something down, putting something to bed like that is not fun. No. It's not gratifying. It's not looking to the future. And so to have this little secret that I was working on, it yeah. was actually giving me hope and was so enjoyable and exciting. I feel like that was so important to me emotionally, making it through yeah. the wind down.
0: So good. And then the other thing that you said, which I thought was super genius, so listen up, guys, is that you had little sticky notes for yourself. Every day, you had uh, sticky notes of really what it was that you had to accomplish. And so was it just about list building for the first little while? Build that audience, build that audience. That
1: was the main post-it note, yes. That was the one that I, I brought out every day because I felt like, well, I knew that so much could hinge on that. Yeah. If I could just get people on the list and engaged with me, they were going to be ready to hear what I had to offer. And if I didn't have that, I would just be speaking to an empty room.
0: Yeah, okay. So that was the end of March, you had 900 and some people. And when you launched, how many people
1: bought the box? I launched with 24 my first month. And that felt incredible because I felt like it was proof of concept. And, you know, it's funny because even though I learned all these lessons about all the things I wasn't going to do or do differently and so forth, I still kind of set myself up for some difficulties, like convincing someone to subscribe to a monthly is a bigger sell than just trying to sell them, you know, one item, one on Oh, totally. I know. So, you know, it takes more people in the mix. It takes yeah. more work, more touch points to get that there. But, you know, based upon some of the training that we have, I was setting my goal for about a subscriber a day. So I, my top level would have been, you know, 30 subscribers in a month. And I came pretty close to that. And that was like so wow. high in the sky, stretch goal for me. It it showed that things really were happening. And the reason I chose that one sale a day was just based upon some of the uh, metrics that we use in Traffic Bootcamp.
0: <laughs> ah, it is,
1: right? 3,000 yeah.
0: visitors. But here's what I, I you know, you, yeah, I'm sure you probably saw me looking like I'm distracted here. But I'm like, okay, what is that conversion rate? what is that conversion rate? Because one of the things you said was I did kind of set myself up and I would agree that, you know, it is a long-term commitment, a subscription box and a little bit harder mm-hmm. um, and you didn't really have proof of concept. So you you did go ahead and skip that step, but but you didn't skip, skip the important step of building an audience. And I just did the math on my calculator and so your conversion rate was 2.66%. That's not uh, bad. Our first thing.
1: That I'm happy good. with
0: that. Really good. Yeah. And, and so it didn't have to be perfect, but you, you, you got the one thing right. Mm-hmm. That's all the difference in the world. And what we forget now, you did skip the proof of concept step. But what we forget when we're like beating ourselves up about how, you know, how it's all wrong and our website's ugly or whatever it is, whatever story we're telling ourselves today, I, you know, I have a list. What we forget is this is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. If you have proof of concept, if you know somebody buys your box who isn't your mom or your kid, if you know that somebody's buying your product because they want it and love it, this is just a numbers game. You just have to go out and find more of those. And so you got that proof of concept. I had a really great conversion rate. I think it's amazing. So somebody who only had a list of, say, 100, so you really knew what you were doing. So you had a list of 900. But for those of you that are listening and going, ah, I only sold two or whatever, it's really just kind of, it's apples to apples, right? A Mm -hmm. 2.66 conversion rate, if you only have a list of 100, is like less than three people.
1: Exactly.
0: so is that where you want to start or do you want to list build a little longer? Because I know what I, I think I'd want to do because, you know, really, this concept that you have, it's probably just as easy to ship 24 boxes as it is to ship two, maybe easier.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it, it is easier. It's certainly more gratifying and more interesting and affirming <laughs> to yeah. have those 24. Yeah.
0: So you relaunched, you got 24 boxes. And can you just share with everybody now, mid July, where you are?
1: Yeah. So as of this morning, I have 136 subscribers.
0: 136. Mm -hmm. So every month you get Mm -hmm. (laughs) cha-chings on your store, 136 sales. And that money goes right into your bank account. You don't have to drive anywhere. Exactly. (laughs) The is not full of crap. Right, right. You don't have to talk to a lot of people.
1: Like it just Uh
0: must feel so darn good.
1: It really does. And I felt like I really needed this shot in the arm because it's just after a couple of years of lukewarm things or things that didn't quite get off the ground and career change and just really wanted something to go well. And it feels amazing to have it go well. It's just gratifying. It's a huge relief. And to be able to get up and be so excited about working on it every day, because I'm actually getting results, it's worth the time.
0: Yeah, you talked about that, right? The more results you get, the more you want to do stuff. Like, (laughs) right, I get a couple sales at the doggo, and I'm like, Oh, I should go pay attention to that. That's. But it's the same. And when you don't get sales, you lose your motivation. Mm
1: -hmm. And I will say, I'm still, you know, I'm trying to form good habits around this. But a few weeks ago, I had two days where not only did I not make any sales, but I had a couple of unsubscribes, all for good reasons. You know, one woman had lost her job, you know, Mm -hmm. another person, I'm sure it just wasn't the right fit. But I tell you, in those two days, I felt like the sky was falling. I felt like, you know, everything was crumbling around me. And That isn't the case, but we can get so emotionally caught up in it. You know, it didn't matter because I got, you know, three sales the next day.
0: Yeah, it's so true. We can just lose our minds over some little thing like that. And so, my advice to you on that is as soon as you are able to get some help, like some customer service help, that's the first thing you want to do. You don't need to know who's unsubscribing. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to know. It affects you and Mm -hmm. and those customer service issues. Yeah, that's the first thing. That's the first thing you want to get off your plate for sure. So listen, your results are so good and you're so articulate and thoughtful and you really understand what it's like to be us. So do you have anyone, any advice for somebody who might be where you were back in January and February who, who they are wondering if this is ever going to work for them, if maybe they should pivot, but they're just scared. They're just scared to feel like a failure. They're scared to try something else because what if they just change, you know, exchange one thing that isn't working for another thing that isn't working? They're afraid of what their friends and family are going to say, like all mm-hmm. those things.
1: What's know nice for them? <laughs> I know all those fears. I am familiar with all of those. And I just like to encourage everyone to be honest with yourself when things aren't going well. Be honest with, with yourself when things are going well and celebrate those wins. But when when your business is taking and taking and taking and you're not getting anything back, you know, none of us launch businesses because we want to drain our savings or feel anxious all the time or ignore our families. You know, that's not why we got into it. Probably the opposite. We, we started businesses because we hope for some type of financial stability and because we wanted to feel happy and empowered with what we were working on and because we wanted the flexibility to meet the kids when they came home from school so if you aren't getting any of that, you know, admit it to yourself and get out of that bad relationship yeah. and don't keep going back to the, the business that just keep taking. And for a lot of people, their pivot may not be as big as mine was. I mean, I completely shut something down and open something new up and it could just be that they need to, you know, change the product line. If, if you're manufacturing a product that's such a headache and you don't really get much margin on it, maybe... That's what you need to let go, but just being honest about it because it will be freeing on the other side. And while it's hard to pull off that band aid, as you said, the relief that you're going to feel and the sense of purpose and feeling like you're back in control is going to be so worth it.
0: You just said the magic words back in <laughs> control. Yeah. It's so true. We need to feel like I think about all the, the things that I would say if things aren't going my way, I feel like it's spinning out of control. I feel like I don't control anything. You know, I want to feel like I'm in control (laughs) stuff. I actually wanna feel like I'm in control everywhere, but Mm -hmm. particularly uh, with my business. I think that 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 just creates this low level anxiety that you have all the time when you realize that things aren't going the way you want. And so I agree with you. If you have given it uh, 110% and it's not going the way you want, you need to give yourself permission to make a change, and I think you're exactly right. It could be as simple as changing your product line, or changing your your messaging, or like it. It could be super simple, or it could be like like a dumpster fire change. <laughs> They're one of those. But but the other thing I think that, and maybe you can speak to this. I think that that we make stuff up in our heads, and that nobody's actually that interested in what we're doing. And and nobody's paying that much attention. And so I bet you, I don't know, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I bet you that you didn't have all sorts of people saying, oh, what are you doing?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, exactly. I was so worried about letting down all of these people who had kind of bet on me. But the reality is I'm just... You know, the consignment business was one small part of their life. They'll figure out something else to do with the things that need to be sold, they'll sell it on the yeah. local marketplace or whatever. Yeah, and you know, when I finally, after agonizing about it, sent out the message explaining what was happening, you know, a few people wrote back and said, Oh, thank you for telling me, or I hope things go well for you. But for most people, they're just like, Check, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> oh so
0: so I think that's true I think it's just we get up in our own heads so much that you know and I guess if you were working at a job and you were working on a project and it didn't go the way you wanted that there'd be open permission to you know change course or readjust mm-hmm. but we just put so much pressure on ourselves so I love that you you're talking about it in in a way that will help other people kind of negotiate with themselves and get it right but tell me what's next for you because you have all these subscribers now you're in a great position to scale so when i talk to you like at the end of the year shannon what what's going to have happened in your business
1: i have so many plans Susan. so the first thing that i am the first big change i'm making is i'm going to start paying myself oh yeah, um, but i never did with the other business you know, I'm um, still working on the math to figure out exactly how much, but I'm determined that, you know, I've learned my lesson. This business is not going to be the one that just takes and takes and takes. It's going to get okay. back. The next thing that I plan to do is within a few months, start raising my prices because now that I've got the proof of concept, I think I could inch it up a little bit. And when it comes to, you know, the recurring revenue of, of a subscription box, even a few dollars per subscription per month can add up and make a big difference for me. And along those lines, I am going to start offering additional one-time products and one-time boxes, because what I've noticed is that the subscribers I have really want to complete their set. So those that came later really want to get the first box, which they can't get. You know, I have a few items from the first box they can get. Um, So I think there's room to kind of expand their collections and they'll follow me um on that journey. And then my big goal heading into uh 2022 will be ready for reliable revenue, oh, the course that you offer in the spring.
0: Okay, you know what I was just thinking? Yeah as like you totally ready. I was just thinking this uh sorry podcast people but I just have to share this with Shannon. <laughs> so this month our share in our reliable revenue group is the amazing Edith Minn who owns Renaissance ribbons and what I'm just, my head is spinning as you're telling me this and how she has managed to use some subscriptions on top of her, like those are, she creates subscriptions out of events. It's so darn cool, everyone should go follow her. But she, and it's just doubled her revenue in the last 12 months, these subscriptions. But one of the things she showed me the other day as we were prepping for the call is exactly what you just talked about. So previous boxes, or for, she calls them packs, I think, but previous uh, boxes that are sold out, she started listing them on her site with a wait list again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We could do that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Start building that up and yeah. just to know what people are interested in, you know, all of this oh, interesting yeah. information. I can't wait to have you in
0: the room you'll be great. Like just when we can share these ideas with each other so openly and like see what someone else is doing that's successful and then think about how we can do Mm -hmm. that in our business. It's just the best thing ever. So I appreciate you sharing because even in this podcast, even in this, you know, this small way, which very brief, a conversation, who knows who's going to latch onto this and say, Oh, if she can do it, I can do it. There is life after, you know, after this thing that I just did. Right.
1: <laughs> there is. I promise you there is. And I know it's, it's hard in the moment and it feels like this, everything is crumbling, but you will make yeah. it to the other side and you are resourceful and capable. And there's so many opportunities out there. Yeah. You will find the right one. And,
0: and, you know, it's a learning experience. It's all just, what did I learn from that?
1: hmm
0: for sure. Listen, thank you so much, my friend. I know, you know, you were so generously agreed to come on the podcast with me. I know that you're, you're one of the people that would call herself an introvert, but you're like, you have just shared so openly. And so I, I want to thank you for like taking the leap coming on here with me. And I know you've helped lots of
1: people today. So good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've had fun with you. And yeah, it's been great. And
0: You're gonna, you're gonna let me know what happens, right? Oh, I'll keep
1: you informed. List. We'll keep
0: you updated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so listen, guys, go find Shannon. You'll see her at birdmoss.com. Is that where we want to send them? That's right. Go check it out. Go check it out. And then think about if, you know, if we are speaking to you today, think about what it is that is keeping you back from being successful in the business that you're in, how you might change it to uh, certainly put yourself in a position where you can make your business, what did you say? Stop taking, 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 Mm -hmm. and actually make it work for you. Love it. All right, we'll see you soon, guys. Bye. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at The Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the Inner Circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the social forward slash inner circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.